Hello, everyone. You're welcome to another interesting edition of Sports Africana, where we tend to bring you the best of sports, particularly from an African perspective. We bring you the latest development stories that is making the rounds. I trust you're having a wonderful time. My name is Opa Adiola Amokomo. And together for the next few minutes or so, we're going to take a trip in the world of sports. Remember, you can always listen to our podcast on all the various podcast directories, such as Spotify, Deezer, um, Google Podcast, Apple, and many more. And you can also reach us on the social media, either Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. All you just need to do is Spot Africana, and it's going to pop up. Today promises to be exciting. We're going to be taking a journey out of the norm. Uh, we're going to be talking about athletics, um, focus on athletics in Nigeria. Um, a lot has happened in the last few years or so. And um, recently we have uh, we had um, the athletics elections in Nigeria. That's the election into the um, federation um, of, uh, of the Athletic Federation of Nigeria. And um, of course, um, it has not been without controversies, which I started uh, way back um, about three, four years there about, about three years ago at least. And um, I'm sure you all know that um, aside of football, um, athletics have also brought some sort of glory to um, Nigeria um, in time past. Um, as you probably know, we've interviewed uh, some personalities on this platform, Innocent Egbonike, Chede Imo, and um, of course, Bambo Akoni of the Making of Champions um, um, Athletics Club and Media. So um, we, we it's, we're going to be talking about athletics again, particularly in the wake of um, the Olympics coming up shortly. But we're going to be talking about the crisis um, that has engulfed the athletics in the last few years or so um, thereabout. And to talk about it to me, with me today, is an, an athletics expert. Um, well, he's more of a, one of the best and leading um, athletics journalists in Nigeria. Um, he's attended various World Athletics Championships and meet um, across the world. Um, it brings me great pleasure to introduce to you Dari Esson. Dari Esson, it's nice having your Spot Africana. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. Um, well, we want to talk about athletics, um, particularly the administrative and the politics side of it. We put it that way. And um, to sort of bring our listeners to a bit of speed, give a bit of perspective. Um, the election into the Athletics Federation is normally held every four years. And uh, four years ago, I think 2017, um, the Athletics Federation elected a new chairman and in the person of Alaji Shewuguzo. And uh, I think um, about that after the World Athletics um, Championship, which was held in Dubai. I think that was in 2019. Um, there were a series of issues that came up um, and particularly um, there was a probe into the performance of um, the, the team and certain things that happened, which um, there was a probe that went into it 
and it was recommended that the, the, the Federation president be suspended thereabout, and exactly that was what happened. And the vice chairman or vice president, Olamide Church, assumed leadership. And um, it's been a back and forth tussle. Um, the Shil Guzo led um, faction went to the went to court and they were exonerated and they were told to be um, they were, they, it, this chairmanship was reinstated back to him. And uh, at some point, they it was said that the sports ministry supported the um, the Olamide George led faction. So that's just a synopsis. But Dario would give us much more information. So Dari, can you please, um, from your perspective, what do you think happened? Why do you think the Shell Guzo's um, administration at the time was suspended? Okay, thank you for having me once again. Um, uh, you said I'm an athletic expert. I would like to say I'm just an athletic supporter. Uh, because when you say expert, that means uh, I have uh, technical competence over those who are in charge of technical. Be that it may, let me just go straight to your question. The crisis actually started soon after inauguration in 2017, that's the inauguration of the new board, not in 2019. What you saw in 2019 was the culmination of what has been happening since after the World Championship in London in 2017. Because at the World Championship, there were certain issues that came up, especially that, has, that bordered, bordered on finance. Uh, the president, well, the former president now, because you know we have a new board now. The president gave Olamide George money to pay officials and athletes. That was wrong in the first place because if you have a secretary general that should have done that. So administratively, it was wrong, but he did that, and obviously that exposed exposed him. You know, normally when you have a board like that, those in the executive committee. They usually work hand in hand together, and you don't you don't you don't hide things from them. So obviously, that was not what happened. So Lamide God Judge got some money, and he paid those athletes, and there were not enough money, and it was like, Mr. President, how much did we actually get from government? That's the transparency issue that came up immediately. I would say immediately after the after the inauguration, because the board was inaugurated in July, the World Championship was in August. So you can say it was immediate. So that was the beginning of the crisis. By the time they came back from London, there was already there were already issues of trust. And when the president came back and now announced, because I'm telling you the straw that brought the camels back now, and now announced uh, Sunday Adelaide as the technical director. The other board member said, hell no, that cannot be. One, there were people who were elected from the technical department, the technical arm of the federation, the coaches and the technical officials. They are, they, 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 so that's the body that's supposed to produce who the next technical director will be. That didn't happen. You now brought somebody who came in as an athlete rep, who was neither a coach nor a technical official. When I say neither a coach, I'm talking about trained coach and trained technical official. And where you are talking about the technical department of the federation, it already involves the performance aspect of it. My argument really, because I had to confront him, I said, if you are going to put somebody as technical director, if the position is, you don't, if you are not going to split the position into two, technical and performance, 
then you have to bring a coach in because as a performance director, you evaluate performance. But when you be somebody who is not a trained coach, who was even a successful athlete, you know, you can excuse somebody who has got to the Olympics, maybe final, even maybe won something. You can you can excuse that with the exposure. But the, the, the only commission in attended. The only commission I attended was the African Games that was held in Nigeria in 2003. And it is because it was held in Nigeria because you can't take a 52 seconds runner to go and participate in the 400 for men. Just a few days ago, yeah, I heard you, yeah. Hello, yeah. Just a few a few days ago, a woman ran 51, it's 52 seconds in the 400 meters hurdles. So that was the only qualification he had. And it was like, are you really interested in developing this sport? But obviously, from what he did, he had other reasons. So that was the beginning of the crisis. So he started soon after the inauguration in 2017, up until 2019. You know, in Nigeria, when government is backing you, mm. you can go away with blue murder. Right. Literally speaking, that was what happened between 2017 and and the middle of 2019, not up to the middle, around April 2019, because he enjoyed the support of government. He came up with a constitution in November six, on November 16, 2017, and the constitution gave him so much power. Right. But unfortunately, no. talking about the support of the government, now nah, yeah. nah, this one just to be clear, because um we are still in the same government now. Do you mean? He enjoyed the support of the government when Solomon Dalong was the minister. Yes. Or, or, I mean, I just want to clarify to that. When you say he enjoyed the support of the government, because we're still in the same government, so to say, still. No, Muhammad obviously, because if I said 2017 to the middle of 2019, you will all know who was, who was minister of sport then. So he enjoyed the support of the government. So he was able to do that constitution without even telling anybody. And his second is now running away from. But after that, unfortunately for him, the issues, before the issues, even in Doha, the board members came together. They were able to uh, actually ask him to step aside, I think around eight, late April, early May. But unfortunately, the, the, because at a certain point, he lost the support of Dalong. I think when I say government, I should be talking about individuals, really, not government per se. Yes. He lost the support of Dalong, and Dalong was like, oh, so this is the person I've been dealing with. So Dalong was in support of the remover, but unfortunately, Dalong was, you know, the, because of the expiration of the time of the first time of the president, so Dalong was removed and he didn't come back. And that was Guzo saving grace, so to say, because what athletes had already accepted all the procedures taken by the board. In fact, it was, it was like nearly the final coffin before Dallon was now removed, and that saved him. Because uh, the NOC president, uh, the former president of AFN, and the then permanent secretary, they now said, okay, they want a reconciliation. We know what that means. So that was how the whole thing was killed. Mm. And instead of, because there was an agreement reached, that one, you not make a delay as technical director, that uh, you'd be more open. A lot of things. He breached all those ones. So when the new minister came in, and they went to Doha, that was where another problem started because they committed you know you know you know i said about the qualification of who should be a technical director so they committed elementary errors by not confirming entry list 
you know, there's a final confirmation when you go to a world championship. It wasn't done. Blessing said, sorry, I'm not going to run 100 meters. Duduru said, sorry, I'm not going to run 100 meters. It doesn't, it does not rocket science. But unfortunately, it was not done. And that almost led to the two athletes being banned from the competition, if not for the intervention of uh, World Athletics President Sebastian Kuh. So the minister saw all this, and that was an international embarrassment for Nigeria. They insisted the pro, and the pro found him guilty, and the board insisted that Guzo had to go. And that's where he now ran to the court. And the court now said, no, he said the president that the process that led to his suspension was not right, that he was which, supposed to be the one that should have called the meeting. Which I was going to come into. Um, yeah. Couldn't have um, the board itself probably um, institute a probe to probably get him removed? Because, um, I mean, from my perspective, I just felt that um, the minister intervening, however wrong Guzuma have done, that the minister intervening at that particular point in time, considering the fact that supposedly athletics federations across the world should be independent. What do you think? No, 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 no. I disagree with you. The minister intervening was not uh, on Guzo's matter. It was on the international embarrassment cost Nigeria because Nigeria financed that trip. Although there's another side to it, because if you look at the World Athletics uh, handbook on participation, all the 25 athletes we took there were supposed to be paid for by World Athletics, okay. full flight and, and boarding. But they still took money from government and they don't want to account for that money. But that was not why the pro was instituted. The pro was instituted because of that disgrace in okay. Doha. It was the board on its own that instituted the pro panel to try Guzo. Okay. And that was why Guzo went to court, that the process was not followed that he is the only one who has the power to call for a board meeting, which, is, which he actually did, and which the Secretary General, the new Secretary General then, because there was a new Secretary General after the Doha fiasco, because it was discovered that the Secretary General that was there with them in, in, in Doha wasn't as effective. Mm. So the, mini, the ministry, because the power to appoint the ministry was given to the, to appoint the Secretary General was given to the ministry, but the FF considered that Guzo made the 2017. So that's why I find it laughable when it starts saying uh, it is the minister that's appointing the secretary general. I said, well, you gave him the power. You gave the ministry the power. Mm. Right. Section 870 of the constitution gave, gives the ministry the power to appoint and then remunerate the secretary general. Mm. So that was how the crisis started. And sometimes last year, that was the pandemic year, the what Alexi CEO now waded into the matter. Because in the first place, there were petitions that were related to what Alexi. One. What analysis is against taking sporting matters to ordinary court? That was purely a sporting matter that what analysis to the uh, integrity code of ethics have provisions for. It should have gone there. And we are even surprised that what analysis has not taken action on that, which they recognized, but did not take action. So what analysis, after all those petitions and whatever, because the petitions were also related to the athletic integrity unit, now wrote a letter to the minister because the minister wrote board athletics that is tired of the crisis in what athletics in in AFN because the Guzo made it to look like it was him versus government. Mm. He didn't mention that there was there were internal crises since 2017. So that was luckily that was what the CEO of what athletics, Mr. John Region, that was what he dealt with in his letter. And I refer I I remember a particular line that said. The override, I'm quoting now, the overriding matter 
the overriding issue rather to what the athletics is the status of the AFA constitution. That was what the letter said, because there were amendments to the constitution that was uh, done in 2017. There was an amendment at the Congress in Noka in 2019. And board members, as part of their petition, says, one, you contravert the rules in the convening of the Congress. The rule says 60 days. You are convening the Congress 29 days to the day that you, you've chosen. That is number one. Number two, AFN Constitution 2017 that was in operation at that time and that is still in operation now. Mm. I say at that time because before the amendment, mm. you can't get something out of nothing. Mm. You, the whatever amendment you plant must be based, first of all, on the 2017 Constitution. So you have to follow the letters of the 2017 Constitution in one, convening the Congress, and two, amending the Constitution. So the first, in the first instance, you violated Article 6 of the FA Constitution that gives a 60-day notice for a Congress to be convened. What did he say thereafter? And after thought, as, as far as I'm concerned, that what he did was an extraordinary Congress. But the 617 you are quoting does not even give a time frame to convene an extraordinary Congress. That is one. Two, let's assume the Congress is OK, which is not anyway. What about the amendment to the Constitution? The Constitution in 1012 and 1013 says clearly that the proposal for the amendment must be sent to state athletic associations three months to the date of the Congress where the amendment will take place. Remember, we're talking about 29 days notice mm -hmm. instead of 60 days. Now, if you had an amendment to it, you are talking about 90 days. So it flouted all those rules, and we are shocked. Nigerians, I mean, those who follow athletics in Nigeria, let me put it that way, they are shocked that what athletics did not even do anything about it. It took the intervention of CAA, I think later in conjunction with the World Athletics, to now set the record straight. They look at the old constitution, they say, sorry, we agree with the 2017 constitution, and that is what is going to be used as a guiding document for AFA, and that must be used in the conduct of the election. Right. So, in a nutshell, before we, go to, before we go to the election bit, which we're going to come to certainly, yeah. Olamide George, what was his role in all this? That Olamide George obviously was the vice president under Guzo. So when did he, where did he come into all this? No, naturally, when you, when you say you suspended a president, naturally is the first president that will take over. That was how he came in. It wasn't like, oh, he's the mastermind of, you know, there was no mastermind. There was a general violation of the articles of the constitution, even article two on transparency and integrity, because there were other issues that I didn't mention, like the issue of the Puma contract. Yes, you entered the contract. You didn't inform the board. You signed the contract in July, at, at least from the letter that Puma wrote, because the board later got a letter from Puma when the, the lawyer, employed by the, by the board, wrote to Puma to, to clarify some things. So the Puma now wrote, actually querying the board, that they should tell them why Guzo is not the appointed this, why the Guzo is not that, why Guzo is not this. And in doing that, they now reveal a lot of things. That one, it was Guzo and Sandy Adelaide that negotiated the contract. Remember, Sandy Adelaide is a member of the board. Mm -hmm. Then the nominated bank account, where EFN's money was warehoused, belongs to Sunday Adelaide. And that's a, a contravention of the World Athletic Integrity Code of Ethics on countries of interest. In a normal climb, you go straight to jail for that. That was what land 
David Okeyo in Kenya and, and his partner, the guy is dead now, the former secretary, uh, treasurer, I think, of Kenyan athletics. That was what under the life, life ban when they warehouse Nike's money in private accounts. And that's exactly what Guza has done here. But unfortunately, it seems like he has gotten away with it because what the athletes not even looking at that. At that. And that's and that for part of the petition that the boss sent to both World Athletics and here are you. So there are a lot, lot of things, but we can limit ourselves just to the constitutional infractions as far as the politics side of it is concerned. Okay, so um, Olamide George seemed to have enjoyed uh, the support of um, the sport minister, that's Mr. Sunday Dari. Um, who happens to be? I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Well, it's seen, it's seen to have obviously let me put it this. No, no, no. I, I, I disagree because, like, like I said earlier, what that lady CEO wrote a letter. Okay. And said, quote, the overriding issue before what that lady is the status of the constitution. So they recognize that there, there is a crisis within the board. Hmm? So if the minister says, I'm dealing with the Secretary General, because the minister's business, as far as the federations are concerned, is actually the Secretary General's. Because they, 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 they write for, they write for, they demand from things from government. Anything you want to get from government must come through the Secretary General. So that's where the Secretary General have that link with the sports ministry. And you know the sports ministry, they are the biggest sponsor of virtually all the foundations in Nigeria, including football, because they provide money for competition, they provide money for training, they provide everything. So I think that was why they had the power to appoint. That was why the Constitution of AFA gave them that power, because you, I, can't give your, I can't give my money to you without getting properly, without getting properly accounted for. So I think that is, that is what happened. So the minister... According to the Constitution, or the ministry, let me put it that way, don't let us personalize, personalize it. The sports ministry continues and continued to deal with uh, the Secretary General appointed in accordance with Articles 872 of the AFA Constitution 2017. And that is what happened. So that may look like support for, Adele, for Olamide, but that is not support for Olamide. It is that they are doing the proper, they are doing the proper thing because the board says, one, we don't recognize the amendment, two, the Congress was not properly conveyed. Mm. Thanks for that clarity. Now, ob obviously, um, there were there were some reconciliatory moves made to bring um, the various um, factions together, and um, it was agreed. Well, there, there were some things that were supposed supposedly agreed, particularly in in the wake of the election that was coming up. So, can you talk us through the reconciliation? What ensued? What was agreed, and who broke any? Who broke what agreement? Okay, that's a very simple one. Um, sometimes in April, what the letters wrote, uh, maybe in late March, that they will be coming to Nigeria. I mean, CAA, that they will be coming. That's a confederation of African athletics to to broker peace. Let me put it that way. So they came, two 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 people, two executive officers, uh, General Tway. The, from Kenya, I think the vice president of CAA and chairman of uh, Athletics Kenya. Then the CEO of CAA, Lame Party. They were the two people that came. On the first day, I don't know about the second day because I wasn't there, but on the first day, as a journalist, the first day I was briefly there, um, people, I think like two or three people from what the Athletics joined via Zoom. I know Jeff Isram joined. Then I know the lawyer from what the Athletics joined. I think, there were, I think there, were, there was a third person that I, I can't 
I, I don't know. I don't know who that top person is. Let me just say it that way. Because I, and I didn't make any attempt to find out. So at the meeting, it was agreed, if you see the resolution, that the document that will be used for the 2017 constitution, I mean, for the, for the running of AFN and the elective Congress will be the 2017 constitution adopted on November 16, 2017. There were, um, let me start, there were 10 people, 10 out of 13 board members that were at the meeting. By the time of signing, one left because he had, and I, I think, I think an engagement somewhere, the professor there, professor, I forgot the name, the professor on the board left. So there were seven people on the side of the Adele, I mean, the Olamide group, and there were just two from Guzo's group, Sunday Adeleye and Ibrahim Sheo Guzo. So seven people signed and two did not sign. In the first instance, it was a reconciliatory meeting, reconciliation meeting for board members. And when you are holding that kind of meeting, you need a majority. So if 10 people were present, that means you already have a majority. And if seven out of 10 signs, that means you have the majority. You understand? So yep. 10 people signed. Guzo and Adelaide refused to sign for just one reason, that they would not accept that the 2017 constitution should be used. That the 2017 constitution adopted on November 16, 2017, has been amended on December 4, 2019 in Oka. They insisted. Personally, as a journalist, the question I, I asked, why is Guzo afraid of the 2017 constitution? Why is he afraid of constitution that he midwived? Because he was the president and presided over the Congress that adopted that constitution in November 2017. So why is he afraid of the same constitution? And I can provide an answer. The answer is, Guzo, you can verify from whatever source. Guzo knows that he doesn't control the Congress. Guzo knows that if they are going to use the 2017 constitution, it is the Secretary General that is constitutionally empowered to organize the Congress. It is not him. And he knows that the Congress will not take election to Kebi. They'll probably hold the election in Abuja, where you cannot do any magomago Nigerian parliament. So he, he knows. So that was why he did that kangaroo. Because the question I asked, and I've been asking people, especially those who have also been interviewing me from Nigeria, I said, see, we are all journalists. The first thing we should do is, there were two elections. To tell you the truth, both elections are flawed. You know why they are flawed? One. The KB election was not organized in accordance with the 2017 constitution. The Abuja election was organized in accordance with the 2017 constitution, but there's a lacuna. Who called the Congress? Although the Congress tried to, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know if what was done was right. They suspended the aspect where it gave the, the article which gave the, um, the president the sole authority to co convey the Congress. But the funniest thing is that the president cannot even convey the Congress on his own. Yes, 614 gives you the power. But that says 614 also gives the Secretary General the power to write the letter, convey the Congress. So you must, your job is to tell the Secretary General through a letter, verbally anyhow, that you must convey the Congress. Mm. But it's better through a letter so that we can properly document it. So he didn't do that. And AFN wrote what athletics, pointing it out, and that was when Guzo now wrote what athletics again, because I have the two or three letters that he wrote, insisting that he's going to use 2019. That is violating the terms of the agreement reached on April 19 and 20 in Abuja. So that is 
actually what happened. And I, like I've been saying, I said, you journalists, I'm also a journalist, but since they called me to, you know, to interview me, I said, don't believe what I'm telling you. Don't believe what the Guzo people are telling you. The first thing you should do is ask for the Congress, the, the delegates that were in Kodi, ask for their names. Because in Abuja, you know, let me tell you about delegates here. You know, government controls force at state level. They appoint, they appoint secretary generals, they appoint chairman, chairman of all the associations, and they remove them at will, which is a misnomer, which must be corrected. But for the purpose of this interview, that is what government does. Even Guzo has been removed as chairman of San Francisco and Association. He was complaining, and they now ask him, did they not appoint you? So why are you complaining they remove you? And there was no time fix. They didn't say you spent four years. They didn't say you spent six years. Those are the things that I feel this new board can, can correct. Because during election time, they turn into a bazaar. That's when directors of sport will start removing people. You know, that is just the scenario I'm painting, but that is the true position of things. So the question now is, who are those empowered by their state to attend the Congress in Kebi? They were smart. They didn't put anybody in the Southwest because they know it's Southwest that is most vocal about the activities. If you see the, the number of board uh, members, they don't have a representative for the Southwest because they can't say this person is from the Southwest and we will say, sorry, this is not legal state unless association chairman. This is not Oyo. This is not Ogun. This is not Oshun. This is not Ekiti. This is not Ondo. Then they went to South South. Five out of the six people in South South, they were in Abuja. So if only one, I, I don't, I'm not even sure that one is the one representing River State, but let's assume it's the one representing River State. If only one out of six in the zone was present in your Congress, can it be the only candidates and the electorate? Mm. It's a nullity. Mm. Then two, in the first leader issue, they said 22 delegates were present. And in an election, let's limit it to 37 states because all the state chairmen are delegates. In an election where you have 37, let me just limit it to 37. It, it can be more than 37. I don't know what they put in that 2019 they use, but I know that the 37 states are there. So if you put the states, two thirds of 37 can never be 22. <laughs> and in elective Congress, you need a full majority to attend because it's election, not a one-third to validate a, con a normal Congress. You need a two-third majority. So if they say it's 22, that means the election is also a nullity. So those are the questions I said, see, go and ask them. Even the Sunday Adelaide that suddenly is not from Northwest, we all know it's from Kogi. So how come it's not from Northwest and we state did they represent in the Northwest? They didn't mention all that. For tactical reasons, so that people will not say, ah, but the Kaduna people were, uh, were the Kaduna guys were here, the, the Kano guys were here, the, even the Kembi guys, they were in Abuja, and they got a letter from the director of sports in, the, in, the, in, 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 in Kebi. So when you look at the delegates, that alone will prove to you that he doesn't have control of the delegates, and that is his major problem. And that's why he wanted to organize that election according to his own terms, not, not according to the constitution. Mm. Right. Talking about the election, I mean, you've already delved into it, which uh, you've really shed so much light on it already. Um, the Abuja election obviously had um, Mr. Okowa as the new chairman and uh, yes. Tafida Gazama as one of the um, 
vice president. If my the best vice like, president. president, then the KB election had, um, of course, um, Alajisha Okuzo and um, um, Sunday Adele, Adele yeah. as the vice president. Now, we saw pictures that came up um, that were making the rounds, particularly from the KB, KB election. We saw a certain Solomon Dalong, you mentioned just now, who yeah. said that um, started having issues of mistrust towards them. So what capacity was um, Dalong at that particular Congress? For what reason? Is it to is it for Sheoguzo to get some sort of validity or um, to validate the election? Uh, I think Dalong at that point has become an ordinary citizen, okay. a former minister. There was even a TV program by Sheoguzo in the parliament where the issue was dealt with. And virtually all the parliamentarians, that's what they call the discussant. All of, us, all of them criticizing that you become a statesman, whether you like it or not, in sports because of your position, of your former position. So normally you should be trying to put things together, not to separate them. And at the end of the day, he was fighting the constitution that as a private citizen. So he himself admitted that he has become a private citizen. So whatever he has done does not give any validity to what has happened. Mm. Because I asked him, because I was also part of that discussion, mm. I asked him, since you said the KB election is the authentic one, can you please tell me, one, who are the delegates? Then two, your former uh, media PA, Nick Anibese, was elected as the second, second vice chairman. President. Yeah. Yes, the second vice president, rather. I said, which constituency? Does he represent? Because he, the the apart from the zones, and we all saw those who supposedly came from the zones from their election. So that means Neka must have come from Nawi. And Nawi has said, first of all, you're not our member. And we did not nominate you. Nawi wrote a letter nominating former triple jump, uh, African triple, African Games triple jump champion and former African African triple jump record holder, Rosa Collins. So, which Nawis nominated Neka Nibese? He couldn't answer the question. And that is what, why I said journalists should interrogate the, their the list of their delegates. They should go to Nawis. They put uh, Larry Bankole, I think a commissioner of police, representing the, the paramilitary and the military. And the paramilitary people and military came out, sorry, we didn't nominate Larry Bankole. We nominated Samuel Keku from the Nigerian Customs a former athlete, to be on the board of AFA. Huh. So you can see the, the lies, the lies that the whole thing became. It's a fraud. What happened in Kebi was a fraud. Huh. So based on what I've said alone, please, if you can talk to them, let them give you the list of their delegates. That would be very interesting to see. Very, very interesting. Right. And um, again, I'm going to go back to Olamide George again. <laughs> I'm sure okay. you may wonder why I'm bringing in. Because it is said um, now, there's just mere um, stories that I heard that um, because I'm, I, I, I monitored a radio interview, um, interview of Sunday Adelaide, in which he mentioned okay. that Olamide George actually congratulated Sheo Guzo. And yeah. I was saying that, okay, there's something fishy here, 
both of you were of two different factions. So how come Olamide George is congratulating Sheoguzo? And um, of, of, in, in my heart of that, I'll be honest, I thought Olamide George would probably become, would probably get the support to become the substantive um, or elected um, um, AFN president, since president. in any case president. was a de facto president in a sense, in terms of um, the kind he of- He was, was, was never a president. He was so, never the president of AFN. Sole administrator, let me put it that way. At some point he was, he was in charge, let me put it that way. But what was the, what, what was the issue? Because it is now said, it was now said that okay, he probably felt of, of upset that he didn't get the supposed government nomination or support. So probably that's why he's sort of realigning himself back to the Gozo, whatever. I don't know if you can share more light on that. No, for me, for me, that's just a confirmation that sports minister and the sports ministry were never in support of one candidate or the other. They were, they were only dealing with the Secretary General who has been appointed in accordance with the Constitution, who has been appointed in accordance with uh, Article 872 of the Constitution. Mm. You, you understand? So that put light to that claim that Olamide judge is being supported by government. Then the issue of whether it contributed Buzo or not, for me, it's neither here nor there because what Olamide has done is to prove that he's a bad loser. And the funny thing is, before he did that, he has not even lost the election because there was a tie in the south south the southwest division region where I come from. There was a division three three, so the election was not shifted to Abuja to take place before the election for the president and the vice president uh, uh, take place. But unfortunately, he didn't come to the venue of the election. Obviously, maybe he knew he was going to lose. The two fault is that. And if government was actually supporting him, government would have compelled everybody in the Southwest to vote for him. So that's what I keep telling people, oh, uh, government is backing Olami Dejo. Government is not backing any Olami Dejo. Government is only backing the constitution of AFN. And when Guzo went to court, and the court says he's the president, government stopped dealing with Olami as president. Yes, they call Olami the president in the media. But that is, they have the right to call whoever president. And I see that even as a content of court. Maybe Guzo should have taken those newspapers to court. But that does not mean it is government that is recognizing him as president or that, that has recognized him as president. And I'm happy the outcome of the election proved otherwise that government was never backing Olamide judge. Government was only backing the constitution. And if Olamide judge benefited briefly before the Guzo went to court, whose fault is that? Because that is what the constitution says. That when the president is suspended, the vice president should move in. And when the court reversed it, then uh, they went to status quo. So for me, it's as clear as daylight that government was only backing the AFN constitution 2017 and not individuals. And that is what has been proved. Hmm. Right. Thank you very much for sharing more light now. Um, and at least the election. I know um, Guzo has said that he's going to court and everything, all the works and everything. But um, at the moment, I've checked the World Athletics website and um, Guzo's name has been removed. 
but we've not seen the name of um, the elected um, AFM president, Mr. Okoa. So, which tells us that um, um, the World Athletics Federation are taking the sides of the constituted um, regulation as stipulated in the status. Yeah. Now, let's talk about as we begin to round up. Um, when I we tried to organize this, you were um, and in, in, we are quite busy at the point at that point in time attending the various uh, meets. The national trials. The national trials. Yeah. Um, and um, it seems to um, enjoyed some sort of, um, it, for me, it seems athletics came back alive. And the use of um, Yabatek seems very, very good. So from the athletics, what were the successes that you saw from the, from the meet and moving forward as well too? Let me, before I talk about the successes, let me just, well, it's part of the success story anyway. What people were actually saying that we are going back to the Mugu Leras. I remember, you know, Mugu used to sponsor the track and field championship. That's our national trials. That we have gone back to that era again, where we have um, excitement. We have quality athletes competing because so many of the foreign-based athletes, they came. Yeah. Government paid for them. And that's what government used to do. What they used to, government before Mugu came in, then Mugu took, took over the responsibility to invite those athletes and pay for them. But after some time, they stopped doing that, and they reduced it to a glorified secondary school in Tarot But now, we are happy, first of all, that it has, the fun is back, the glamour is back, the excitement is back, then to the quality of the performances. The quality of the performances. In the under meters audience, I mean, under meters uh, women and even men, we had quality performances. For the first time, we have an athlete who ran under 11, 11 seconds, to set a new championship record that she set in 2016 anyway. Blessing Okabari running the 1099 because the 1060 was a win day there. But she had the 1099 that was legal, and that was a new championship record. And that has never happened in the history of the championship that we have a 10 runner. I mean, a 10 seconds performance. Let me put it that way, not 10 runner, because uh, Blessing is, is a 10 seconds runner. But at least we have somebody who, who has gone under 11 seconds at the trials. The same thing applies to the men. In Okadegoke, home base, home bread, training at home. This is the first time we have an athlete legally training at home that will run the 10 seconds flat so, okay. in the history of the championship. In fact, in Nigeria generally, not just about the championship. And it's time is the second fastest in the history of the championship. Second only to the 998, the Jali ran in the 203 on the way to the All-African Games, which he, which he won with 995 anyway. Then what would have been a new African record was, 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 was not to be in the under meters of this. Hmm. Fine, she was on time 12-3 because the, 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 uh, the electronic timer malfunctioned. But Toby Amuston was in, his, was in a element. Then we had a home-based athlete for the first time in recent memory running a sub-50 seconds in the 400 meters of this. Timothy Mogene. 49.6. Then in the hammer, this has never happened in the history of hammer competition in Nigeria. A certain Annette Chiwonke throwing 72 meters or 73 meters, I can't remember the exact, exact mark now. In the hammer, it has never happened before. Of course, she's also going to the Olympics anyway. And that will be the, she'll be the first athlete, men and women, that will represent Nigeria in that event, in both the Olympics and the World Championship. 
So we saw so many quality performances, so many. And a lot of people are happy that athletics is back. And if you know, I can't remember the exact articles now in what athletics constitution. It says you must be recognized as the governing body for athletics in Nigeria. Mm. What has happened in Nigeria in the last one and a half years happened, forgive me for saying this, with the Olamide group. I will say Olamide group because Guzo annihilated himself. He didn't want to deal with the other members of the group, even though the court pronounced him as president. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. So it was the Olamide group through government, mm. because like I said, government finances actually everything. Let's be realistic. Through government, that held competitions for the athletes. And through the help of private citizens like uh, Bamboo Akani, you mentioned earlier, the making of champions in conjunction with AFN, the Lagos State. So they were the ones that were organizing athletics in conjunction with the Secretary General, the constitution of AFN recognizing. And that's just the, the story. So if you're talking about who controls athletics in Nigeria, it's definitely not Guzo that is sticking to, to his 2019 constitution. Yeah. The other group, without the president until recently, until uh, Okoa was elected, because as far as majority of athletic stakeholders are concerned in Nigeria, the president of AFN is Okoa. Mm. So we are waiting for what athletics to either validate the election or do a fresh election for us. And Guzo knows that he's a gunner. Because at that stage, the process of organizing that election will not be in his hands. So he knows. That's why he wants to go to court. If he's truly popular, let him suggest himself to a fresh election organized by either CA or what athletic. If he gets 10 votes, don't call me my father's name again. I will still call you, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much, um, Darius, for shedding so much light on athletics. Um, it's it's what I've, a lot of us grew up watching um, that has produced the likes of Innocent Egmonikechi, the Emo. Ola Denikan, um, and so many others. And we want those glory days to come back. And um, th that's why the making of champions that you mentioned actually decided to start that initiative to around um, uh, the, the, uh, the, the rejuvenation of Nigerian athletics as a trend. And hopefully uh, we have a, a administration, each free um, body that will take back our um, athletics to the glory day. Thanks for joining us on Sport Africana once again. Thanks for having me. There you have it. Um, until we come your way again, when we bring you another interesting dis discussion, um, you have a wonderful day and take stay safe. Take care.